some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Afrothiopia Experience. I am your host, Elizabeth, and today we have a special guest. I will allow him to introduce himself to you. And what we're going to talk about today is the educational system in Ghana. So welcome. Please introduce yourself and let's get started. Hi, my name is Isaac Wadi, and I'm from Ghana, Akwaba. Awesome. So, Isaac, can you just give us a brief synopsis about yourself? Right. So, I am um, a head of school at IB Arthur School, an international school based in Ghana, Greater Accra to be precise. Um, I hold a bachelor's degree in educational foundations, and um, I'm currently pursuing my second degree in education. Great. So let us go ahead and jump right into our discussion today. We have many folks in the diaspora who will be returning, well, I don't want to use the word returning, who will be moving themselves as well as their school-aged children into Ghana. Since you specifically are in the Accra, greater Accra area, let's have a discussion about the systems there. Can you tell me first, um, what are the ages in the different forms, how they are segmented within the system? Can you tell us about that? Right, so uh, thank you very much. We have the, um, so we have the preschool, we have the primary, and we have the secondary. Now, the preschoolers start from, let's say, six months old to five years. That's for the preschool, like otherwise, known, otherwise known as the kindergarten. They start from um, six months to five years, where they spend about four years in, uh, in, in the, at the preschool. Now, the, sec the primary starts from age six to age 11. And then we have um, the junior high school, that's age 11 to 14. Then the senior high, age 14 to 17. And then the tertiary being 17 or 18 to 22. So we have... Um, we have what we call six plus three plus three plus four. That's a six years of primary education, three years of junior high education, three years of senior high education, and four years of tertiary education. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned in the first level, it was six months to five years. So what's unique about that for us typically, um, Yes, they have preschool in the States, and preschool would actually be a four-year-old, whereas any age that is younger than four, they would have to go to, if the parents were working or something, they would have to go to a child care facility, aka a daycare facility. So it's interesting that you mentioned six months to five years. Now, in the six months to five years area, is that considered public school or is that something that has to be done privately? Well, so um, 
especially for the six months to let's say age two is strictly private it's private just like the states just as you mentioned about the states most of the parents are working class parents so they actually um take their children to the day school the, uh, the daycare school whilst they go to work and then after close of work they come for their children yeah so mostly it is um private school but the government also runs um a daycare which normally starts from age two or three to five interesting how that is segmented okay let I want to delve into this area just because these are formative years for children. So for the ones that are private, can you give us an idea as to what would be the cost for parents? Let's say I had a two-year-old that I was bringing with me. Can you give me a, an average cost that it would take for a parent that wanted to enroll in the private form for that? Well, different schools charge different fees for um, this uh, uh, group of children in Ghana, depending on the type of um, private school that you go to. But on the average, um, let's say um, if I have to quote it in dollars, we are looking at, say, um, between 1,500 and um, between 1,500 and 2,000 dollars per term. Now, we run, uh, unlike the states where they run um, on semester basis, we run three timely basis in a year. That's term one, starting from August to or September to December, term two, that's January to uh, March or April, and term three, um, April to June. So that's, um, so per, per term, we pay between 1,500 and 2,000 Ghana cities, which would include feeding. Now, you, okay, so is that for, let's say, a two-year-old, or is it because you mentioned primary, so I want to be clear about this. Is this for primary age, or is this for adolescent age? So this is for the preschoolers that's um, below age five. Okay, preschooler age. And you're, you mentioned that per term. Oh, my goodness. Now, you also made a mention, and I want to delve into that a minute, because you say it depends on the type of school that they went to. What did you mean specifically about, about that in terms of fees? Do you mean in terms of if it's British or if it's American or if it's, let's say, uh, some other system? Can you give me an idea about okay, that? Okay, so thank you very much, um, V. The private schools are not being regulated by the government. So the government has no hand um, when it has to do with, with charging of fees. But the government system, they have, um, it is being regulated by the government, that's the other primary schools. So the private, the private schools, based on the curriculum that they run, the school decides to charge um, based on what they offer. Now, if the school is offering a bus system or the shuttle, where they pick the children from their homes to the school, where they feed their children and all, all other things, they factor all those into the, uh, into the fees and then they charge the parents. That's 
So that's why I said, depending on the school, they charge differently. Okay, okay. So that makes that makes sense. And thank you for the clarification. Um, I would have to say just when you mentioned the dollar amount in terms of um, terms, I mean, it's actually, to me, it's a bit cheaper, but I know that some people who are going to listen to this, they will say, oh, no, that's expensive. It may be expensive for Ghana, but when you think about the relativity of it in terms of the diaspora coming from the West, it is actually um, less. Me personally, I used to run a child care center myself, and we charge per week, and so um, even so infants were 250 a week because infants require a lot of work. So if you multiply 250 times four, I think that you'd get an idea. <laughs> so even though you mentioned 1500 uh, per term, I mean, again, that is uh, not as costly, but I recognize that if people are coming onto um, the continent, uh, specifically Ghana, and they are going to be garnering local currency, that could be um, considered um, expensive. I get it. Okay, so you also talked about the difference in terms of primary and, I mean, I'm sorry, public and private. When you mentioned the preschool for the public, can you delve more into that? Like, what are some of the offerings that would be different in terms of preschool, private versus public? Can you give us an idea about that, please? Well, I, I, I think, thank you very much. I think I can talk more about the private school since I am more into the private than, than the government. Um, okay. Yeah, but um, the, the private schools borrow um, their curriculum from, I say, different countries. So in Ghana, we have people offering the British um, curriculum. Others also offering, even within the British, they have the Cambridge, they have... Um, and the um, the Pearson and the, uh, and, the and, and the Cambridge others also offer the um, Canadian curriculum, American curriculum, as well as the uh, Australian. So we have different types of curricula that we offer here. Now, mostly with this um, th this different curricula, they give you. Like the government schools will not give. Um, now you look at even the class size. So I will want to take my child to a, a, a private school because, because I know they will have a smaller class size. Unlike the government schools who have like let's say over fifty in a class, the private schools will have let's say the most twenty five in a class. And especially considering the period that we are in where um, social distancing is of paramount interest, you want to take your child to a school where the class size is very small. Apart from the class size being small, you have also um, the opportunity to, uh, to experience what we call active learning, okay, where the child is experimentally involved in the learning when the child is at the center of what is being thought. So you uh, you have a class where there is, let's say, interactive whiteboard, which you would never find in government schools in Ghana. 
Um, you have children having their own computers, which you will not have, um, you will not see in um, public schools in Ghana. And there are a whole lot of advantages um, in the private school and raising the charge, the fees they charge. I don't know if the question has been answered correctly. Well, actually, you, you gave it more insight. So I like that you kind of veered just a bit. And thank you. I recognize your expertise is not more so on the public, but more on the private. So let's delve into this. You mentioned the different types of curricula, Canadian, Australian, British, American, etc. I'm going to ask you a personal question. Tell me which one do you prefer and why? I I have done the British for um, for many years, over 10 years. I've done a bit of the um, Australian. I will prefer the British because um, I think all curricula would help with long, um, to make children long, long life learners. But I think um, the British makes you more of like, the children are actively involved with whatever is being done. They are the center of um, the teaching. So you, you, you put more emphasis on child-centered approach. You put more emphasis on active learning. You put more emphasis on inquiry-based learning. So I think I prefer the um, the British um, system to the other ones because it, it makes the children lifelong learners. It gives them opportunity to learn and to think outside the box, to learn for themselves and to be able to think outside the box. Yeah. So, okay, okay, understood, understood. I won't, I'm not gonna add my conjecture about that. Okay, and something else that you mentioned when you talked about class size, for the listeners, especially those, um, I, I will only give you my frame of reference as I am an American. Um, we have guidelines in public school that the government says certain class sizes cannot exceed a certain limit. So when you mentioned that in the public schools that, that they have classes where you could possibly have um, 50 students in one class, I cringed, but at the same time as a former educator, I didn't, and I'll tell you why. Um, in American public school history, a lot of developments were garnered in having classrooms that had, let's say, that many children in them. In terms of the efficacy of like children helping other children, about certain um, concepts, um, you, you found at that time that there was a lot of fostering in that. Now, I recognize why they went down to make regulations to make class sizes smaller it, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think that certain times, you know, um, larger classrooms, it's, it can be a benefit as a, and a curse like most all things. You know, there are pros and cons to everything. I think parents would definitely have to um, come to a point where they decide what is, I guess, what they want for their children and what is best in the children's interests. So it was interesting that you mentioned that. Um, but yeah, okay. So 
which of all the different types of schools that you do have there in Ghana, which are the most populous? Is it the British, the American, the Canadian, the um, Australian? Can you talk about that? Like which which of the different types have the most abundance within the country? Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll quickly ans I'll answer that, but quickly I want to address, um, you talked about the, um, the, um, the larger class and the smaller classrooms having their own advantages and disadvantages. Um, I, in my opinion, and with the experience I have as an as an educator, I think a teacher wants, or a school, is, I see a school as a clinic, okay? And I see the children as patients. So they come there and their needs are being, are, are being addressed. Now, when you have a larger class, okay, even with a teacher and an assistant, it is difficult addressing the needs of the children. Now, even when you want to use differentiation, it is always going to be difficult as compared to a class with a, a smaller number. Example, in my school, IB Arthur, we have um, the largest class you will find is 15. Not because we don't have the numbers, but because we don't want to exceed the numbers we want to address the needs of each student so the class teacher and the assistant have ample time for all these children but that's the reason they have come to the school to be transformed those with higher abilities are treated differently i mean those with lower abilities and um, the uh, middle is that we know how to handle all this and at the end of the term we make sure that i mean everyone's needs are being addressed. Now, to answer your question, with the different um, curriculums in Ghana, uh, I think the most um, popular one is the British um, uh, curriculum of uh, um, system in education. I think they come second to the government sectors, the, the, the government um, schools. Okay, now is that due to the colonization, or is it due to them, let's say, being better? Uh, uh, of a truth, it's be, um, I think the first factor has to do with the, um, the colonization. Because most most people in Ghana travel to the UK more than to the US, in my opinion. Hey, psst, down here, it's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Okay, no, 
um, I, I, I appreciate your candor in that. I appreciate your candor. So the, I want to just, even though this is not your area of expertise, I know that you can provide some insight to this. And this will be our last discussion point. Can you mention um, that the public schooling is, I believe it's free. Can you talk about that? And what does that typically entail? Like I have heard different rumblings about that, but I am not an expert. I do not work in the field of education in Ghana. And therefore I would leave some of this to someone um, like yourself. Can you tell me about that? About it being free? Yes. And who does that apply to? All right. So um, thankfully, I think um, the current government in Ghana, before it won its first election in, um, in the last four years, I think 2016, if I'm not mistaken, where they want their, their main campaign message was free tertiary education. And it applies to all Ghanaians. So every Ghanaian in the tertiary education enjoys what we call free education. They do not pay um, a dime. They don't pay anything they go through. Um, it, those who are in the boarding house, the board, um, their tuition, everything is free. It's being provided for by the government. And they are being fed as well. Okay. Now, would that also apply? So let's say I come there. I have my child as a um, non-Ghanaian in terms of citizen citizenry. Does that apply to me as well if I wanted to roll my child into um, a Ghanaian public school? Or am I only as an um, expat being relegated to private schools? Do you have any idea? No government that? school in Ghana can charge even one city or one dollar. So once your child is in any of these government schools in Ghana, he or she enjoys free education. Right, but what I'm asking is, as an expat, as a foreigner, it applies, it applies to everyone because there is no fee structure for anyone. So once you are in it, you enjoy it. Okay, awesome. I, I just want to that <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Wadi, for joining us today here on the Apotheopia Experience as we are in creation just to give the diasporas and the continental Africans an idea about what is happening on all things Mama Alkebulon. So I want to thank you today for bringing your insightful um, knowledge to our podcast today. And thank you so much. You're most welcome. And then I must, I must also recommend you guys for the wonderful work you're doing. Our doors are, my, door, my doors are always open. Anytime you're going to invite me, I'm here to share with you my expertise. Thank you. Thank you and have a good day. You too.